Hello, hello, mama friend. Welcome to episode 10. Oh my goodness, 10 of Generation on a Mission. I'm so excited to have launched 10 episodes with you and I just can't wait to dive into more. Today is going to be a juicy episode. And I don't know if you remember in last episode where we talked about alternatives to say to your toddler instead of shutting down his emotions, but talking to him about how to express his emotions. We're going to build on that a little bit today. And we're going to be talking about how to teach your toddler to regulate his emotions and teach him how to express how he's feeling when he's sad, upset, frustrated. And let me tell you, that is quite a process. It takes time and repetition, but it's worth it. And I'm going to be so, so real with you for a minute when I say that it can be a defeating process at times too. And this is because toddlers are humans and you're human too. But it seems like sometimes raising your little one correctly is like one step forward and three steps back. And I'm sure you can relate to this. But I'm here to tell you and remind you that progress is progress. Keep your eye on that. It may seem like one day your little one gets it and he's able to apply his strategy and he has life all figured out. And you're like, yeah. And then the next day, or let's be honest, two or three, you're wondering what in the world happened? What happened? He's going back to screaming and testing limits and now he's throwing and he's not using his manners anymore. And you thought you worked past that because you know of your amazing job teaching him and you thought he had it all figured out, but then he regressed. But mama, I am here to tell you that is completely normal. Regression is 100% normal in kids, but you just have to focus on those moments where he's showing signs that what you're teaching him is sticking. Those moments will seem few and far between at first, especially when you're just introducing concepts to him. But the more you teach him and practice, the more often you will see those behaviors stick. Now, there will be times when he will go days with showing you that he's progressing and he's able to express his emotion and use his strategies to cope with his emotions. And you'll get used to seeing these shining behaviors and then bam, all of a sudden, the old habits start to creep in and you see those slip ups and you're like, what, what, what? Where on earth did my sweet baby go? What happened? But mama, you cannot let those moments define whether or not you're doing a decent job with your parenting or your discipline because those moments do happen. And I even have to think about those moments as adults. They happen to me as an adult when I slip up. We can't expect our littles to express themselves perfectly 100% of the time just because that's what they've been showing you they know how to do. Like I said, I know even I slip up in my parenting I find myself forgetting to use the strategies that I teach. And I have to remember that just because my toddler isn't showing me that he is making kind choices at that moment doesn't mean that he's an unkind kid or that I am failing as a mom. It just takes some digging and revisiting my strategies to make sure I know how to get him back on track. Anywho, I don't know if you needed to hear that or not, or if I just needed to remind myself that sometimes it's okay when you forget your strategies and slip-ups happen, and it's okay when your little one regresses because it's normal. That doesn't mean you're failing as a parent. It just means that parenting has its struggles, just like life. But you have to remind yourself that you're doing the best you can, and so is your little one. They just don't always know how to pull it together sometimes because they're still littles. And that leads me to this episode. Are you ready? Pumped up? I am. Let's get started. Hey there, Mama. If you want to raise empowered kids who actually listen while parenting biblically, you're in the right place. 
Not only does this podcast help you strengthen their spiritual gifts and walk in purpose at a young age, but it also teaches you how to parent with intention. Welcome to the Generation on a Mission podcast, where we focus on fostering our children's leadership skills so they can become world changers. Hi, I'm Michelle Schaff, former classroom educator turned parent educator, blogger, and podcaster, all while changing dirty diapers, drinking lukewarm coffee, and leaning on Jesus. Grab your headphones, whip out the tata, and start feeding your baby. We've got some learning to do. So in today's episode, I am teaching you how I've taught my toddler to identify his emotions and strategies to use to help him cope with his emotions. And like I mentioned in my last episode, little ones aren't hardwired to know what emotions are or how to handle them. I mean, they come out crying. (laughs) They don't know how to express themselves. So they have to be taught. They have to be taught how to identify their triggers as well. They don't know what makes them mad. So you have to go through that with them. And this doesn't just mean angry or frustrated. We also have to teach our littles what it means to feel excited, happy, or sad, jealous, or hangry. You know what's up with that one. (laughs) And how to express those emotions when they are just too much for their little bodies to handle. They don't know how to express themselves because they get so much rage inside of them and they don't know how to get it out and they need to get it out somehow and they have to have an outlet. But they don't know how to just come up to you and tell you that they're hungry or that something made them angry. They just know that something frustrated them and that they feel the urge to get their frustrations out. So they turn to kicking, screaming, or throwing. Something that is so important to remember when teaching your little one to cope with his emotions is that their emotions are valid. Don't tell them how they should or shouldn't be feeling when something doesn't go their way. For instance, if they don't like the color cup you gave them or something else that might seem so minute to you, like when they don't want lettuce on their sandwich after you accidentally put it on their sandwich. And it's just not the same when you pick the lettuce off and that obviously warrants a meltdown the size of Machu Picchu, which I don't know if that's the right analogy, but we'll go with it. But you tell them, it's just lettuce, it can easily come off. There's no need to throw a fit for something that can be fixed so easily. Or it doesn't matter what color your cup is, the milk tastes the same. Well, to them, The cup or the sandwich is a volcano-sized problem, which if you think about it, isn't that a refreshing mindset to have when you think about that? Their worlds are so small when they're so young that their innocence is so present that they don't have any other qualms in the world than the color of their cup. And it sometimes, when I think about it, just warms my heart to think about it from that perspective. They know no bigger problem at the present moment. So to them, their world is crumbling down because they didn't get their way. And again, they don't know how to express that, which leads to a meltdown or throwing or all the negative behaviors. So if you do happen to say something that pushes their emotions to the side, like, oh, just stop whining, it tastes the same. That sends the message that they shouldn't have felt that way for a problem that didn't seem very small to them at the time. They can't decipher at this point between pea-sized or volcano-sized problems yet. So any problem is a volcano-sized problem at that point. They need to know that you understand that they're frustrated or sad and something that made them feel a certain way, and you're there to help them cope through that. So there are two ways I go about handling this situation, and that is whether or not their behavior has an offense tied to this. I will still validate his emotions, which I'll explain in a second, but one may have a consequence tied to it and the other may not. But there are some steps to it though. Now I want you to remember that throughout this whole process that the more you expose them to the vocabulary of different types of emotions, 
the more quickly they will begin to apply what those emotions actually mean and identify situations where they begin to feel those emotions. For our toddler, we build his knowledge by talking about situations that make him feel certain emotions. But I will say one of the biggest ways we teach our emotions is by reading to him, actually. We see all kinds of fun characters in books and they feel certain ways and we talk about how those characters feel in situations. And then we connect that to moments where we might feel those same emotions in real life. And I used to do this in the classroom as well. And what I've come to find out is that it's a very concrete visual for young kiddos to begin to grasp abstract concepts. For instance, emotion. To bring you an example, we are currently reading a story about a fish who lost his school. We talk about how that might make him worried or scared and then we tie that into a time when he might feel worried or scared. This conversation is pretty much led by me at this point but I will still ask what's a time when you feel scared and if he can't answer I'll give him some examples like he might feel scared or worried when the dog barks really loudly or when it storms. And as we continue to read about feeling scared we'll begin to discuss well what should we do when we're scared? What are some good ways to help us when we're scared? And this helps to take the concept a bit further. So now we can relate the emotions that we feel to characters in the book. And you can do that to help teach the concept of any emotion. For example, another one is, how did Llama feel when his mama didn't come up when he called her? How did he handle being worried? Or what did he do when he wanted something he couldn't have? He threw a temper tantrum. What do you do when you don't get what you want? What's something that you can do instead? Or you can even throw in, what would you tell Llama if you were his mama to make him feel better? That idea might be more for older kiddos, but it's still good practice to ask questions, and that's my point here. And sometimes you have to have a one-sided conversation with yourself as the mom or the dad and hope that they just hear something, and odds are they will because their little ears are always listening and picking up, and they just might not be ready to apply it yet, but one day they'll surprise you and apply what you've been talking about that you didn't think they were actually like listening to, and you're like, where, where did you pick that? Oh, you were listening all along. Huh, so funny. But back to the steps. Like I said, teaching your toddler to handle his emotions during a meltdown or a tantrum is a process. Let's start with the first thing I do when addressing a meltdown, shall we? Step one is to help him identify his emotions during the situation. So when I do this, I will say, man, it looks like you're frustrated. Your brother tried to play on your new grill and that is frustrating, I can tell. This tells me that I understand that he's feeling some emotions that are not his typical happy normal feelings. I'm not just shrugging it off like his emotions don't matter. Is that a problem that I would concern myself with as a typical human? Probably not, but to him, this is a problem he's facing right now and it's a volcano sized problem and he needs my support to get through it. But if he throws or if he hits something or if it's a repeat offense, I will still validate his emotions, but that's when I implement a consequence for his actions. And this might sound like it's okay to be frustrated or angry, but it's not okay to throw your toys or hit your brother or whatever else the offense was. Then I may take the toy or make him sit in timeout, but I always visit with him after timeout to talk about what happened with him and why he did what he did and how he could do something differently next time. Step two is to identify the trigger. And this might not come until after the situation has died down a bit, but it's so important to help him identify what causes him to feel certain ways so that he knows strategies to handle it differently next time. So sometimes he knows what the trigger was and sometimes he doesn't. And that's when I have to get my investigative hat on and ask, 
what happened? You seem like you were angry or sad or whatever the emotion was. And then I'll think about the situation from my perspective and what could have caused the emotion. And I'll ask, for example, were you feeling sad because you wanted to play with a toy and you couldn't have it? And that typically gets a yes or no response. And sometimes it doesn't and sometimes I can't figure it out and we'll have to talk through that. And But as we move forward with his development, he won't need as much guidance when it comes to understanding triggers for his emotions. And again, I have to emphasize that when they're younger, they may not know how to answer. So the conversation has to be guided. And it may be all from you at the time, but the more they're exposed, the more they will begin to understand and apply these strategies as they grow. Step three is to talk about how he handled the situation. So after we go over a rundown of how he felt and what made him feel that way, we'll go over how he handled the situation. And I don't want you to freak out because this seems like a long process for little ones, but I want to tell you that I try not to drag it out longer than two minutes because that's about all his little attention span can handle at the moment. So I do have this little visual with different options of responses that I've seen him use to handle situations before. So this is in his safe spot. And when we go through it, we'll say, I felt this way because of this, what happened? And then he will have to point to how he responded. So some of the visuals on there include hitting, kicking, throwing, going to a safe spot, stomping like an elephant, squeezing a stuffed animal, singing his song, and many other different options. And these options include both good, safe ways of handling situations or unsafe, unacceptable ways of handling situations. So I'll have him point to which option he chose to do and how he responded and then decide whether that was a good green choice or a bad red choice. If it was a red choice, I will remind him of the other strategies he can use to get through it next time or I'll ask him depending on his mood, you know, was that a good choice? Why was that not a good choice? If it was a green choice, I will remind him how he made a safe choice and he should be proud of using a good strategy. Everyone stayed safe around him and he stayed safe and he can keep continue playing with his toys because he chose to make a good safe option where everyone was happy, healthy, and no one got yelled at or got their feelings hurt, etc. And I try to do this as often as I can. And like I mentioned before, it doesn't always stick. But like I said, progress is progress. Even if it's one time for every 10, it's still showing that he's growing and that what you're teaching is sticking. Just today, for example, my toddler was having a hoot of a day showing kindness and he threw things several times and yelled several times. And I'm going to be honest when I say the day was kind of a blur. It was, it was kind of a not really a fun day. But when I was cooking dinner, his brother got into his new grill again. He screamed, no. But like I said, this was happening throughout the day and we went over this process over and over again. But he screamed no to him. And I asked him, hey, was that a kind way to talk to your brother? And he looked like he was going to throw, but he stopped. He looked at me and just ran away. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was a little taken aback and confused. Like, why did you just run away from me? But I went to his room, I followed him, and I came to see that he was sitting in a safe spot. And he told me he was sad that his brother was playing with his new toy. And I just gave him a hug and we went over the whole situation. And I reminded him that it was okay to feel sad because he wanted to play alone. And it's hard when he wants to do something alone and someone tries to join in but he was so happy when he told me that he ran to a safe spot instead of throwing his toys like he wanted to he was proud of himself and he is only three years old 
I told him, yeah, you did make a really good choice because you didn't hurt your brother's feelings and you made a safe choice and now you can keep playing. And as as I just said that, he just started talking about a piece of paper that fell down and, you know, everything was all hunky-dory. So they move on pretty quickly. They're pretty resilient. But we still need to remember to help them identify their emotions and validate what they're feeling is okay. But think about different ways to handle the situation differently next time. You know, we have these emotions. It's okay to have these emotions. Sometimes I have these emotions and here's how I solve that problem. Sometimes I feel really angry and I have to go to my pillow and scream and that's okay. Sometimes I feel angry and I want to hit something and so I just go hit a pillow, you know, and and that may not be the best example, but we can't just suppress our feelings because then we get all this rage on the inside. And so when I model, you know, I do want to scream sometimes. And so I just put my hand to a pillow and scream, or sometimes I'm feeling so frustrated and I pray. And I, we say that's an option too. And sometimes he, he prays when he's frustrated as well. And that helps, but we can't just expect them to have these problems and not acknowledge that having these feelings when these problems rise up is okay. We have to confront those feelings and we have to teach them how to handle those situations or they're just going to keep happening and they're not going to be confident later on down the road. So this week, I want to challenge you to try and validate your little one's emotions. Take the time to identify her trigger and teach her how to cope through those emotions instead of shutting them out. Think of situations from her perspective and see how that impacts your relationship between you as the mom and her as the daughter. The more she knows you're trying to understand her, the more respect you will have in your relationship and the more likely she will be to listen to you and apply strategies that you've taught her when she feels all the things. Keep rocking on, mama. That's all from me. And if you learned anything new or like what you heard, I want you to take a screenshot of the episode, share it in your stories, and be sure to tag me and I will share it in my stories on Instagram and we can spread the mama knowledge together. Let's keep on keeping on, mama. See you next time. Real quick before you go, if today's episode made you laugh, learn, or love your littles a little more, please head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and leave a written review for the Generation on a Mission podcast. If you're needing simple ideas to boost learning for your kiddo, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Michelle Shaw, S-C-H-A-U-F, or join our Facebook page at Generation on a Mission. See you next time.